Welcome to the Big Break Software Podcast. We'll be talking with software startup founders, software coaches, and consultants, and how they found their own software success. And now, let's get started with the show. Hi, everyone. This is Jordy Wardman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast, where I talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of Mixergy, and many more. This is a show where we talk to proven founders about their zero to 30,000 MRR journey and beyond. Today's episode is brought to you by OneStop.io. We have 45 developers waiting to take your idea to fruition. If you want a reliable full-stack development team with top talent that costs half as much as in-house developers, and you know you can trust your SaaS or mobile app with us, we'll give you the first 30 days, no risk, and we guarantee being on time and on budget, or we finish the project at no extra cost. Contact us at OneStop.io, and we'll talk about your SaaS MVP project today. Today's guest is Nicola Vandenberg, co-founder and CEO of Chili Piper and Cosmo Time. Chili Piper provides a suite of automated scheduling tools that offer a simple way for prospects to book a meeting or start a phone call immediately after submitting a form on a website. Today, we'll talk with Nicola about how he came up with the idea, how he built the MVP, and his zero to 30,000 startup journey. How are you today, Nicola? I'm great. Good. Excellent. Happy to have you. Thank you. I gave you a quick intro, but uh, why don't you just sort of tell us a, a little bit about yourself and uh, Chili Piper? Yes, yeah, sure. So uh, Chili Piper was started in 2016, so it's coming on five years now with uh, a thesis. So it's a thesis company. Uh, I like to make the difference between a, an idea company and a thesis company. Uh, because I started another company, as you mentioned, Cosmo Time, which is an idea company. So a thesis company is this idea of starting a business based on a trend that uh, I want to capture. That trend is the, uh, you, you could call, call the digitalization of sales. Mm-hmm. So I was actually running a sales team for a friend of mine, a telecom startup, and I saw what tools were used by salespeople, mostly Salesforce, right, and not mm-hmm. much around. And my thinking was, you know, at the time you had to pay salespeople to use the software. So you, you would say you're not going to get your commission if you don't put your data and use Salesforce, right? So you threaten them. And I was looking at my daughters on their iPhone and I can see, I never have to threaten my daughter to use their iPhone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah that's right. <laughs> I have to threaten her to stop using stop it. Stop using it. That's right. right. Yeah. So the thinking is, <laughs> and, and, um, we started with my wife, Alina, with a strong experience in product design, software product design. Yeah. With the idea to say, look, that, that makes no sense. We, there has to be products that users love in the sales world. And they're going to help them do their job. So that's the thesis yeah. we say. Sorry, we, sorry, when you say users, do you mean the end user or do you mean the sales team? In our case, it's the same. So okay. we decided to build tools for sales reps. Okay. And sales should be understood in, in a broad um, meaning because these days sales has become very specialized. So there are people who are called sales development reps, they prospect uh, account executives, they close account managers, they expand customer success, they help adoption, all that as customer-facing teams. And these are all the uh, end users that we address at Chili Piper. So mm-hmm. our goal at Chili Piper is to make their life easier as these people yeah. who have a customer-facing team and to provide the tools to make them more productive and more efficient. So that that's how we started. I want to uh, contrast that with Cosmo Time, where it was 
a problem that I had. I, I had a hard time with my to-do list. And uh, I was getting busier and busier in my to-do list. So I, I had read um, Getting Things Done, you know, the book, the yeah, How yeah. You Get Things Done, right? The text David. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, we all want to get things done. So that sounds like a good book to read. Yeah. And he says, capture things and make sure you have a list. And so I captured things and make sure I have a list. And the problem I had is that my to-do list kept growing. Yeah. And, and it was getting very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. And stuff was getting moved down to the bottom and then not getting done. Not getting done. And I thought yeah. that doesn't help me to uh, list the things. I need to help to actually do things. Yeah. So I had an intern at Chili Piper uh, who um, that went on to work at Facebook in um, their artificial intelligence group. And um, he and I thought, let's solve that problem. Let's find a way to help people do their tasks, not only list their tasks, but achieve their tasks. And uh, as crazy as it sounds, I started a second company uh, because I had an idea with Martin on how to solve that problem. And yeah. uh, that was a problem that I had. And we decided to start a company. So that's a, a problem slash idea company. It wasn't the thesis that uh, there's a big market there and it's going to change. It right. was just a thing. I need that shit and Martin and I are going to build yeah. it. And if I need it, other people need it. So that that's a Cosmo time. So, so in the second case, Cosmo time, you're really solving a problem that you had. That's right. At the time, would you have been happy with the outcome that you just built this just to solve your problem? And would you have been happy or was the idea really to grow it on and, and be its own company? It's a f funny you ask this question because it's a discussion with, with Martin. Sometimes Martin said, hey, listen, we, d we didn't do that thing just for your problem. <laughs> yeah. we, we, <laughs> we want to do a company. And so... Um, there's no question that I'm very happy that, because working on Cosmota, I mean, it's solving my problem and, and yeah. it's a huge value to me. But I do have a partner and, uh, and we do see a big opportunity. And quite frankly, uh, I'm sure your audience feels the same way. Building a company is fun. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's hard work, but it's fun. It's very rewarding. So we think that there's a big problem that a lot of people have. There's a lot of things we can do around helping um, individuals get to the best of their productivity. And therefore, we want to build a company around it. And and, um, and so the answer, the question is, uh, we are going to build a company uh, with Cosmo Time. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because some people are happy. You know, your yeah. Chili Piper is obviously very successful. Maybe you don't care about, you know, but this is such a big problem. I want to solve it for myself. You know, I, I actually know people that, you know, are developers and they do that and they solve their own problem. But it's interesting that um, you'll have to clarify because I'm not really sure why I understand. Are you still using getting things done with Cosmo Time or did you just totally move away from that and find a new way of handling? Because he's got his own software to, to do getting things done. Uh, getting things done is still uh, philosophically uh, relevant to how we operate at Cosmo Time. Okay. Uh, because it's basically the, if you can do it in two minutes, uh, you do it. And if you cannot, you make sure to, um, keep and you track sort of, of it. batch, right? My, yeah, that, my loose memory of it is that you batch things for when you're running around and then you, you sort of batch things. Like, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. If it's less than two minutes, you do it. If it's more, you capture it. It's sort of yeah. capturing. And then, so it's capturing, then prioritizing, then batching, then achieving. So it's very much relevant to Cosmo Time. We very much do that, but we do a lot more and we focus on professionals. So we target up knowledge workers. So we have a tool that are very specific to people who are working on a computer. Mm -hmm. uh, namely, um, what I found is that two things that are quite simple. The first one is that if you don't reserve time to do your tasks, then 
it's hard to do tasks without spending time on them, right? Right, <laughs> so, right. right. They, won't, they won't happen like that. So you have to reserve time. So we integrate with the calendar. That's why it's called Cosmo Time because time is very central. And yeah. in the calendar, you're going to batch your tasks and then okay. block time for the batch. Right. Okay, we call it, so we call is the software doing that? It's yes. finding times in your calendar and blocking it? No, no, okay. no. Okay. you find the time in your calendar. But it's super interesting you say that because that was our first uh, hypothesis, yeah. that the software should find time, and we built that. Yeah. We built software that is smart, take your time, assess how much time they're going to take your tasks, and then block them in your calendar. And surprisingly, Jordi, that doesn't work. Because we thought executive assistants do it. They block time for their boss. and right. But then you have the executive assistant tell you, okay, now it's time to do that and I'm reserving your time. But in the real world, I'll tell you what really happened. Our software would compute your schedule and yeah. tell you uh, 12 to 2, you have to work on this block of tasks. right? Mm-hmm. But then I reserve to 2, look, uh, I want to have an espresso. Or yeah. I want to walk away, or it and just happened totally, that yeah. Yeah. you totally blow your schedule. That, that's yeah. right, you blow your schedule. When you have a meeting with somebody, you have to be there. But if the only constraint is what the computer has put in your schedule, then likely you're not going to do it. So that doesn't work. That doesn't okay. work to have the computer do it. So what we found is that we need to find a way to get these blocks very flexible, right? You block yeah. time and you can move them around very easily. Okay. Uh, and then we want to provide some feedback mechanism on helping you actually say, okay, I'm going to do it now. Okay, so like the, some reminders or something like that. Yeah, that's it, right. Okay. So let me tell you, the, the first step is to say, you know, once you start, you, you want to make sure that you don't get distracted. So we have the distraction blocking capability. Okay. So what we do is that uh, we block Slack notifications. And yeah. uh, as I mentioned, it's all... Um, for knowledge workers, so it's you and your computer, uh, right? We block Slack notifications. And then we're going to close all the tabs so that are irrelevant to your task and keep only the tabs in your browser that are relevant to your task. Because in most cases, when you do some work, you on your computer, it's in your browser, Yeah, right? yeah. So we close all these tabs, you then focus. We have this really nice way to bookmark uh, URLs so that if your task has multiple tabs, then we, we save them and we open all these tabs for you. And mm-hmm. and if you want to go outside, we say, are you sure you want to go outside uh, of these tabs or are you being distracted? So we, yeah. we nudge people to stay focused. And at the end, you finish. What we do is that we record the time that you spent on the task and then we actually log it into your calendar. So you see what you've achieved, right? Yeah. You see that, uh, oh, that finished this task yesterday. Okay. And so you get this positive feedback that that that, that you've achieved something. Okay, that, so it's like sort of a reward system, I guess. That's then. right, yeah. a reward system, yeah. Very subtle, but very effective. And in okay. addition to that, we have this concept of a goal and a commitment where you're going to set your priorities. So you're going to say, okay, so I have a lot of tasks, but the most important task this week is for me to figure out my marketing plan, say, right? Mm. Or my launch, or whatever it may be, of my taxes, so you're going to say, I'm going to block. And so what you do is say, I'm going to say five hours on my marketing plan this week. And so you have a goal. And then we're going to do what you said, the nudges, the reminders. Say, yeah. hey, you've spent an hour. Your goal was to uh, spend five hours. So you still have these four hours to, to work. So you reminded that you need to spend this time and to go and focus on it. We can also help you with bad habits. So if you say, my goal is to check my email less often, less often. We'll say, you've checked your email three times already today. 
uh, you said only five times, so you only have two right. silver, silver okay. bullets, right? That's the Cosmo time thing. It's a, very much uh, solving my own problem, as you mentioned, yeah. um, but with the idea that uh, I'm not the only one who has that problem. So that's what we're finding, right? We already have hundreds of users now. We just oh, you do this. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's and, great. And, and how very, are you, so? What's the main channel like? So just to give you a bit of preface on, I had a time problem as well. So I built an app that solves my own problem. It was basically using somebody there's a guy out there called aaron fletcher i don't know if you're familiar with but he's sort of one of these productivity guys he's successful entrepreneur so uh, we started to use his methodologies and we built an app and it's just out there now the problem that i'm finding with it is though that if i write like a thousand emails it's in about do you have a time problem they'll say yes right the problem that i'm finding is that it's difficult to have them change their behavior yeah. are you finding that yeah. And how are you dealing with that? So the, the idea is to flip it is uh, to be present in places where people have, are searching and they've already decided that they uh, they want to take action, right? Uh -huh. So, but, so you're using right, search. Uh, is it content marketing then, is essentially? That's right, content marketing. And uh, we are starting to talk to productivity experts because there are a lot of... Um, forums around it a lot of people are searching for a better solutions so but yeah. it's exactly what you said you what you find that when you add bound to people yeah. you say hey would you like that say no no i'm good i have my email i, I flag my emails i have apple notes and, and this is a great i don't touch it right yeah and so you you don't want to this is not going to work you want to go to the other people and say yeah my god i've been looking for this solution forever so that's what we're getting these days so okay so uh, mostly inbound essentially is what you're saying people are finding that's you right. they have the problem you're sort of building it around getting things done so they know the system essentially and they're just looking for something using the framework from getting things done so you're sort of piggybacking off of that and um well, not specifically getting things done, although that, that would be a very applicable. I think his name is David Allen. Um, he's solicited with a lot of apps uh, trying to work with them. So uh, yeah. we don't have a particular relationship with uh, David Allen, but we just launched our integration with Asana, the team tool, because uh, a lot of the users of Asana have this problem where they say, okay, it's great. Now my team has tasks, but now I have to do my own task and I need to do them, right? Yeah. So... Time tracking is a big request around Asana users, but also calendar blocking, and that's what we do. So now, if you're in Asana, we sync your tasks into Cosmo Time, you block your calendar, you execute them, and then in Asana, you can see where people have planned to do their tasks. Okay. And when they're completed, uh, it's synchronized. So we're looking for um, ecosystems where uh, people have identified their problem and looking for a solution. That's good. D does Asana have a marketplace or is it just like yeah. an... Oh, it does, really? Yeah. So, I, okay, that's interesting. That's good to know. So you just integrate with their API, you get it set up in the marketplace and people are naturally finding you inside of the Asana marketplace. That's right. Is that where you're getting most of your users? Mm, uh, a good chunk of our users come from Asana. Yeah. We just launched a... A deep integration. So we're at the beginning of that uh, education of the Asana world uh, of the of Cosmo Time and integration. But that's the idea that you want to look for people who are actively trying to solve the problem as opposed to suggesting to those who are entrenched in their old habits and don't want to move from them. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. so 
You mentioned before the show that you're pre-revenue. Have you determined pricing? You said you have hundreds of users or they're just, you're in beta now and you're saying that they're free or how's the pricing going? That's right. So a lot of people say, so how much is it? How much is it? Because, the, because it's, look, I'm biased, of course, but it's a nice piece of software. It sounds robust. I got to tell you. I mean, I'm like, I'm saying, whoa, Nicola, you're pulling out the stops on this. I like it. Yeah. So they come and say, what's the catch? Where, where much pay? And you know, we said, no, no, we will charge eventually. We don't know yet. And um, so it's a very interesting question um, because it used to be that these productivity apps we're in the five to ten dollar yeah. things. That's kind of what's expected. So to do a supreme version is five, ten. Uh-huh. And then there's been a change where people say, I give you a lot of value. You should pay more than that. And one company that has done that very strongly is this email solution called Superhuman. I don't know if you're familiar with Superhuman. Super, I've heard of it. Yeah. Superhuman. Yeah. The guy came, um, and he's, he found exactly what you said. It's very hard to get people to change their habit, but those who do change their habit um, are very uh, happy and uh, find a lot of value in that software called Superhuman. Yeah. So what he, uh, say he, the founder, he's probably published an article about it. What he's done is he's charged thirty dollars a month. Yeah, which is quite pricey when you think about it because it's like three hundred sixty dollars a year. Yeah, um, but of course. For you and me, three hundred sixty thirty dollars exactly right. If if it really had my productivity, it's worth yeah. it. But it's not the ex- expected price. And what it does at that price is that he has the uh, human onboarding. So when you sign okay. up, you have a human take you through a thirty minute session to teach you, which you would think is too expensive. But when you're three sixty a year, you can do that. Yeah. So back to your question on our pricing, we're thinking, okay, where do we stand in that world, right? I mean, right. are we in the volume of five to ten dollars, or are we bring so much value that we should price higher? We haven't figured it out yet. We're working on it. Right. That's, what, that's what's fun about it, right? Right. No, that's good. And no, it's very interesting to catch you in this moment where yeah. you're really at the zero. And ordinarily, I wouldn't even be interviewing you, right? But we're t- we also going to talk about chili, chili peppers. Pepper, so, yeah. so, so it's very interesting to catch an experienced entrepreneur building out a second product like this. One of the things that I do is I just get on the phone with people and I just price anchor. By price anchor, you say uh, $30, what do you think? Or you say, how much will you pay? Yeah, I just say like, okay, so you've been using the tool you know, how much time does it save you? And the guy says, oh, okay, it's probably saved me five hours just this week alone. And then I would go, well, how much is your time worth? And he'd be like, oh, you know, we're doing whatever. So, my, you know, I'm a, I'm a designer and I charge 150 or something like that an hour. Okay, so, okay, so we're around 700 bucks, right? Um, so how would you feel if I charge you 50? And be like, absolutely, you know, that's just in one week. But you got to you got to you got to hear a lot of those conversations. That's the thing, though. You, if one guy says that, and another guy says, "Well, I use Toggle, and it cost me five bucks, so I would expect this to cost seven. You know, so you know, you just got to. But it sounds to me like it would be, you know, worth your while to at least maybe get a V, you know, like your a yeah. VA or someone to call in. You got hundreds of users, send out a survey or something, and get on the phone. Yeah, you're right. And the anchoring is, is definitely the right approach. But uh, people tend to go with uh, reference points, uh, exactly what you say. So Togo is yeah. $5, way different. Uh, it's interesting. You said you're targeting professionals. It sounds to me like, you know, if you're going for the higher end guys, you know, whatever, the software developers or uh, sales guys, 
that, you know, an hour or two of their time is worth a couple hundred dollars, right? So you say, listen, you know, how much time am I actually saving you? And if they're saying, you know, five to 10 hours a month, it sounds to me like you're, you can easily justify 30, especially with all the, you know, the bells and whistles, it sounds like you have. So it sounds fairly priced to me. We'll send an update to your audience uh, when we figure <laughs> that, right? In a few months. Yeah, that's right. This is how it turned out. That's good. Okay, good. So I'm glad that we got to discuss Cosmo Time. It sounds like a very interesting project. I'm sure you're going to do well. The fact that you've got hundreds of users, it sounds like there's already user acceptance. So um, you've got something there, you know, but yeah. whether, you, whether you end up charging 15 and you have thousands of users or, you know, you charge 30 and you have, you know, less, you know, it's still going to be a success. So um, that's a plan. Yeah. That's the plan. Good. Yeah. So Chili Pepper was a very different. Uh, yeah. So, t- so tell me about that. How did you yeah. come up with the with the idea? You mentioned um, going back. Um, it sounded like you know you were using Salesforce. You're, you're sort of frustrated because the managers are having to uh, force their their sales reps to to take ownership of which deals are closing. I guess is that the problem. So as I said, it was the, the thesis company. So we approach it uh, completely differently. The thesis is we're going to be able to do something in there without knowing what. Right. Yeah. So we my name is Alina. Is Alina we say okay? We're going to provide tools for salespeople, and of course you have ideas of all the things you could do. Um, but the way we did it is we went to interview uh, actual users and look for problems they may have. And a good sign of a problem is uh, an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, I agree. Well, an Excel spreadsheet, yeah. you see, why do you do that in Excel spreadsheet? You know, there's not a solution out there because right. they're using a spreadsheet, yeah. And so we found an Excel spreadsheet in a very narrow and obscure uh, problem, which was when prospecting teams hook somebody, they have somebody on the phone uh, or an email, uh, it's okay to have a meeting for a demo. Mm-hmm. That So typically it's done by sales development reps. They need to book the meeting with an account executive and they need to pick the right account executive, right? So I'm calling you Jordi, you're in Switzerland. Uh, my The rep in charge of Switzerland is Victor. I need to book with Victor, right? Okay. Um, but maybe you have five reps for Switzerland. So now I need to round robin. So I'm going yeah. to round robin among the five reps. So now I'm on the phone with you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a prospector and uh, I have to book the meeting and then you know which one hands the spreadsheet, right? So then mm-hmm. you check who should take that meeting. Yeah. So it's Switzerland. And it's all done in a spreadsheet, eh? It's so the, the sales accountant is, is figuring out, as you say, so it sounds like you're really targeting large enterprise customers. Is that right? No, no any, um, not necessarily very large. As soon as you have, uh, you know, the threshold was uh, 10 and 10. So 10, 10 SDRs and 10 account executives. Okay. Then you already have that problem of finding the right people. So they came up with this problem uh, of booking a meeting with the right people. Uh, yeah. So that got us started. And because there was no solution, we were able to charge immediately. So it's the opposite of Cosmo Time. The first, actually, is better than that. The first customer prepaid. Really? Okay. Yes. So- well, they said if you solve that problem, <laughs> 21K. 21K? <laughs> and you're like, okay, now we, we've got a problem here. Yeah, this is good. I like it. Exactly. So, you know, like, uh, so they prepaid, we built it. 
we delivered and, and then we knew that other companies had that problem and so we went to solve that problem but it's a very narrow problem right? it's not right like a, no but i love narrow problems but before you get there can you just tell me how you found the problem like did you stumble into it we interviewed uh sales teams so we, so you were we, looking at the time you're like how do you manage this problem that's it with salesforce that's right. we had other ideas that were more obvious yeah Making people track their metrics you know so the some of the things were excellent but that's what i really liked it that um it was unambiguous that nobody was solving this problem right so you couldn't say, no, but I already have it uh, with this guy or this solution or this solution. There was no solution. So it was clear that we they were willing to pay up front. There was no solution. So we did that. Yeah. So this is called Big Break Software. So that was not our big break. Let okay. Me, <laughs> let, me, let me get to it. So okay. now, but, but now we're live, right? So we bootstrapped. We, you bootstrapped. You did, could you cover the MVP in the 21,000? Not quite. So uh, we, we... So Lina and I put a bit of our money, but we very quickly, we, our engineers, uh, we, our partner was in Ukraine, Ukraine and Bucharest, so close to it. Yeah, with 21K, you know, uh, not salaries have gone up, but uh, at the time, 2016, uh, you could have a team of three uh, for three months uh, for, for this for this price, three, four months. So that's what we did. That's what we did. Were, were you working at, did you have another job at this time or had you, what? Because we didn't get into your history. I know you're a successful guy, but um, you had some exits. Um, so at this time, were you sort of between jobs? Like, what were you doing? Was this, you, were, you had just sold a company or something? Um, I sold a company a bit earlier. So I was... Uh... And then you went to telecom, right? Yes, but that that yeah. was... Yeah, I, I did that. That was just a... A super interesting project. A friend of mine was a f- co-founder, and and I wanted to work on it because it was a company, the telecom um, company. This friend of mine calls me and says, "I'm doing a startup." Yeah, so, oh, that's cool. In New York, oh come, so I live in Brooklyn, and he's a friend, okay, a French yeah, yeah. friend of mine. So, oh, okay. you're moving to the US? That's fantastic! I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. So, what's your startup? He say, "Well, we um, have uh, raised a seed round of." Two billion dollars. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so I say you did what? <laughs> yeah, I say two billion dollars. Yeah. I say yes. We're going to disrupt uh, the telecom industry with uh, yeah with a, a wireless network, uh, and we're going to operate it completely differently and market. Completely. Did he do it? Did he disrupt it? I feel like we're going down a rabbit hole. Yeah, no, hole that's here. right. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you. Uh, so that's why I said, look, I want to be part of that because I want to see what, what's, what this looks like. Yeah. So he said, my friend said, do you know anything about telecom? I said, no, but I uh, can do sales. I'll do sales for you. I said, okay, let's do it. And so I did sales. And so it's just an amazing story, but it's for another show. Yeah. But the net of it is we started, it was incredibly successful. And then um, the FCC realized that the spectrum that this company was using was too close to the GPS spectrum. And as a result, uh-huh. they pulled back the license, which is very unusual. I mean, you would never hear that, okay. that you have a license and then it gets pulled back. They pulled back the license, the whole thing collapsed. Yeah. Really? So without that, because you lost your spectrum yeah. uh, and it was essentially the backbone of the... Well, yeah, without spectrum, yeah. you can't operate a telecom company. So that's what happened. So when you say, were well, you in between jobs? Yeah. I wasn't in between jobs, but I was... Um, this. So you were essentially looking and that's what the motivation was. I need to get something going. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going to call around and find 
you know, expand on this problem? Is that I phrase it slightly differently? It's not that I need to get something going. It's just that I love it and I want it. And so when I did this experience in telecom, uh, we're doing business to business. So I, I, with my friend, we pitched Google and the deal was $500 yeah. million dollars up front for prepayment, you know. And so this kind of deal is an experience you want to have done in life. Yeah, yeah, a, it's uh, exciting. I sold yeah. the deal for a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I would know. But I hadn't either. So, but when that thing collapsed, I thought, okay, time for me to go back to uh, starting companies, which is what I love doing. And yeah. that's where the sales thing happened because I'd run sales. I had okay. my team on Salesforce. They were all reluctant. So I said, okay. And so I called tech companies because tech are always early adopters. And I said, okay, I want to do something in sales. What problem do you have? And this particular company in, in San Francisco said I have this problem for that handoff thing. So we mm-hmm. did the handoff thing. So now okay. we're in business. We, we close the 21K. Now we're, we built your MVP. You've got one client. Um, and as but, soon as we finish, we got a second client a month later. Okay, a month later. And what was, what was he willing to pay for this? 7,000. 7,000. Yeah. So he's prepaying for a year, essentially. Is that how you just sold it or what were you doing? Are you doing, you're talking 7,000 a month? Yeah, no, 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 yeah, sorry, yeah. It's based on number of users, so it was just the okay. first company was bigger. But soon after, we got a bigger company. If you can't believe it, we, a few months into it, we signed Square, the company, yeah. which we, it was a super successful company. We yeah. were a company of five, and they uh-huh. trusted us with a critical part of their process. Uh, for I don't, I don't remember the deal size, but I think it was another 20K or something like that. Uh, so but when you say 20K, when... Like how long is this? It's, all the things was uh, annual, right? I'm talking twenty k is annual. Oh, okay, so it's annual. Okay, so you're pre-selling yeah. a year. Okay, that's right. At customer time, it's all monthly, but at cheap paper, it's all annual. Yeah, uh, it's more the way to do it in business to business. We now have a monthly deals, but uh, we we always think annually because if you can commit something, by the time you deploy, in the, you know you really want to have at least 12 months. I'm talking about okay. our customer's perspective, that they want to have at least 12 months to deploy. So it makes sense that we do a yeah. one-year deal or renew, renewable. So we, right. we're now in this uh, business of helping uh, prospecting teams, booking meetings um, with their connectivity. Was, just quick question. Um, was it obvious at the time that you needed to price on a per user? Were you having the same problem that you're having now with Cosmo Time with the pricing? Or how did you come no, up with the pricing? No, it was obvious. It was obvious that it was per user. Okay. We did something uh, a bit clever. So there was prospecting teams booking for account executive. Yeah. And a bit like what you said about Toggle, you know, say the anchoring that is over at yeah. five bucks. So there was our solution was about uh, routing and then scheduling, right? Yeah. So the reference point was uh, already at that time Calendly. Mm-hmm. And people say, look, I pay $10 for Calendly. So as we said, said, yeah, but look, we do a lot more. We also do routing. So we said, look, it's going to be $25, not $10 mm-hmm. per user. Per user per month. That seems palatable. Yeah. And then we said, but a user is both those who book and those who receive the meetings. So if you have uh, 10 SDRs booking for 20 A's, everybody needs a license. Mm-hmm. So that helped us because, uh, you know, if you were using Calendly, you only used a calendar for the account executives, where yeah. we were the license for everybody. So bottom line is that there was a reasonably natural way to price that solution uh, based on, on the anchor of the market. So the person that's booking is not paying. The, the client is paying. Yes, they're paying. Oh, they are paying. So the- No, no. The, the, let's say Square is our company. Yeah, yeah. Um, Square pays Chili Piper for the solution. Yeah. When they start booking meetings with their prospect, um, 
of course, the prospect doesn't pay anything, right? Right, the, right. We don't charge per meeting booked or anything. It's just just pleasure. So now we're getting close to a thousand customers, uh, clients, as yeah. TD Piper, and you know, and that, that's how it works. So then um, now I'm going to get to the big break. Yeah, uh, of TD Piper. Uh, so we're doing this thing, and it's interesting, and a lot of you're bootstrapped at this time. Yes, bootstrapped. But we were looking for um, something bigger, uh, something more substantial to justify uh, the curve. Because when we started Chili Piper, as I said, because we were a thesis company, we thought this is a company we want to take all the way to IPO and all that. It's a huge market and that's the goal. So we say, okay, now we need something like a bigger problem. Mm -hmm. And so we found that bigger problem by talking to our customers again. Mm -hmm. And so um, there was a species of customers called inbound SDR. And I call, um, we talk to them, say, what is your job as an inbound SDR? And I say, well, people come inbound, uh, prospects come inbound, they fill a form that they want to meeting, mm-hmm. right? So they submit, they get, thank you, somebody's going to call you, that somebody is me, I'm the inbound SDR. I call them and say, you want in a meeting, let me book it for you. These inbound SDRs use Chili Piper to, right, to book the meeting as, as, because we, that's what we did. We helped prospecting team book the meeting. To which I said, how is it going? So it's going great. I'm converting at 40%. Yeah. I said, you, you, you're doing what? Yeah. I'm converting at 40%. Using your product, you mean, because he... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, using a product, yeah. Yeah. So you mean to say that out of 100 people who have asked for a meeting, they asked for a meeting, yeah. 60 of them didn't get it. Yeah. That seems crazy. Yeah. So then we had the big break. Yeah. We said, we're going to automate that process. And when they ask for a meeting, we don't have this step. They definitely get it. They get it in, in real time. So we build the solution that integrates with web forms. Okay. That upon form submission, it does the work that an SGR would do. It qualifies the prospect, makes sure that the right people, it routes in real time and it connects to the proper sales rep. Okay. Um, in real time. So you submit the form, boom, you get a book a time with Jordi. You okay. click a button, you book a time with Jordi. So uh, you still get the occasional person who doesn't do it, but typically our customers are north of. 80% in conversion rates, right? Yeah. Easy. So, so we double conversion rates. Yeah, yeah. So that makes your sales process a lot easier too, right? You're like we double conversion rates, you know? That's right. And so that, that makes it easy. Do you remember like when you found that problem, were you like, okay, we need to find like a common web form to integrate with? Uh, is that what you were thinking? Is that how you saw the, so you went to like type form or something like that? And- no, that's right. Um, so when we found that problem, I, my CTO and say, okay, let's look at how we can do it. And, uh, and that we found very early on, uh, the guy is very bright, but we found very early on the solution that was likely to work with most forms. Okay. And so we did, so it turned out that there are a few forms where we needed some adjustment later, but, uh, it wasn't a form that we had to replicate. It was, it mostly works with most forms. And for these exceptions, we'll deal with them later. So it's like a little JavaScript that goes inside the form. That's exactly right. You got it, yeah. Okay. And the JavaScript does all sorts of wonders. Mm-hmm. So we, we didn't know if it would work, of course, because that seems such, a, <laughs> such an obvious problem that yeah. white people haven't done it. But it, it worked technically, so the connection would work. And it, the, you, Now, at the time, we only did calendar. Now we can even connect by phone, so we can dial and dial back and do that. But at the time, it was just a calendar. So we found that we did. Uh, we were able to pop up the calendar, the right calendar, and the booking would work. And then we said, okay, let's go to market. And we went after companies that were very visible. One in particular called Segment, mm-hmm. just got bought by Twilio. 
super visible. Tra- do they do the traffic tracking? Yeah, that's right. They do. Uh, I know them. So we went to them and say, uh, hey, we're going to help you convert to inbound. And they said, well, we super data driven. Uh, so what do we do for it? So we're going to do an A-B test. That's summer 2017 now. Mm-hmm. And A-B test was supposed to last two months, July, August. Mm-hmm. And by mid-August, I got an email say, uh, we want to stop the test. Uh, we're converting with double our conversion rates. We want to immediately move everybody to that. that yes. Nice. That solution. Right? <laughs> we're not going to continue wasting the A leg uh, of the test to that book. We're uh-huh. moving. So to these days, they're a customer of ours. Uh, okay. Actually, they got bought by Twilio, but Twilio is also a customer of ours. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So it's all good. Yeah. That's a big break. When we had that, that these results, then we said. So, what were your revenues around that time? Do you re- remember? We were, yeah, yeah, I remember. We, we were sub one million. We were in a, yeah. in a few hundred thousand uh, annual. So, you always took monthly. So, monthly we were. Uh, I think we were able to pass. If you focus zero, zero to thirty k, we were able to pass thirty k a month with the initial solution with the handoff solution. But, but in the first year, it sounds like. It sounds like you were probably because you had two thousand dollar monthly account, so you didn't need that many, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we didn't need that many. Yeah, we got to thirty k probably around twelve to fifteen months. Yeah, and then when we did that solution, we call it concierge because it's a concierge for your website. Yeah, right. So you have from the concierge taking care of you. Right. Uh, when you ask for a demo. Then that that accelerated because then you can raise your prices. It sounds like too, right? Yes, we raise our prices. Uh, we so what was the pricing and what did you raise it to? We actually kept the same price per user. We're about to change that several years later. Yeah, at twenty five dollars a month a user, and we charge a platform fee of two hundred dollars a month for that integration. For that integration, so do you find that all your customers are going to you for that or some just want the calendar the tool no, so, no we still have some business on the handoff but uh, yeah. 85% of our revenues right now is, is, is on this concierge solution because it's such a strong solution right I mean I always tell my sales team I said look there's no company in the world that should not use that it makes no sense to have a form where yeah. you all submit and they have to wait it doesn't make sense that everybody should have it so our market is every B2B company yeah Okay. I know that you mentioned that you went to raise some money. It sounds to me like the company could have been very successful bootstrap. Can you tell me the decision that when you decided to go get some outside funds and why you made that decision? Yeah, it's very simple. It's because our mission is bigger. Okay, because so, you're thinking IPO, so you need to growth. And was there some copycats were coming out? No, it's uh, the wheel of thing. To these days, we're still uh, alone in our market. Really? That's great. Yeah, it's unusual, yeah, knocking on wood. But we had a firm come to us in Bonn and say, we're interested in investing. So we did a deal with them on the seed. And then we went to look for money. It's interesting. uh, At first, we didn't get the valuations we were looking for. So we actually didn't need the money. So we, we just didn't take the money. And last year, in 2020, when COVID happened, the opposite of what we expected happened. So we expected the entire VC money to freeze, right? Uh-huh. And, and so we said, okay, let's make sure we cash positive and be prepared. So we were really prepared to go for forever, actually, yeah. on, on a cash positive thing. And what happened is that VCs saw that some tech companies 
we're doing incredibly well in spite of the pandemic. Because remote sales stuff, anything remote sales is going to do very well, like Zoom and all. Exactly. So they came inbound to us and say, hey, we love what you do. We want to invest. So I said, look, we don't need any money. And so it's funny because I had a discussion with VCs that always underpriced our solution because they didn't fully understand what we did. Right? Yeah. They, they, this very deal, it was something niche or something. Yeah. So that time I said, look, uh, I'm okay having discussions, but A, I want that directly to your partners. I don't want to, and B, um, I want to tell you that this is our minimum uh, valuation and uh, we don't finish. And we got valuation we're looking for. So are you able to tell me that valuation? No, I can't tell you what the valuation is. I cannot, but, but we, we raised 18 million and okay. uh, with a way that uh, you can figure out the yeah. range because in a way that is, 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 um, reasonable for a tech company in terms of uh, the dilution. So. so you got 18 million and you said, so you basically were bootstrapped until 2020? Is that what you're saying? Almost. We yeah. only took 3 million in 2018 uh, from this VC firm that uh, came to us and that helped us. So what we did with the 3 million, um, it just worked really well. We we hired some engineers. Yeah, 3 million was was not enough to do a big bang on the marketing and sales. Right, right. Uh, so we took the three million and we hired some engineers and we explored other products. Uh-huh. So we explored things around email. We explored things around. Uh, to do um, integrate, you mean integrate with? Is that what you yeah, mean? No, yeah. yeah when new so we built some apps ah, okay. to expand our product portfolio. Yeah. And from these explorations, we we learned a lot. Yeah. of what was working, what's not working. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because in startup, you would think, oh, I need to find a product idea, I need a product idea. But it's actually equally uh, important to have a, a clear go-to-market path and, and a speed of adoption that's mm-hmm. reasonable, right? It's what you said with your time uh, app, that uh, if you have an app that's brilliant, but people don't want to change then you don't have a business. Yeah. So when we did these explorations, that's what we found is that uh, some of these ideas we had were viable in a way that people thought it was value, but it was not their priority. In, right. So the, the adoption. Was, so we did this arbitrage on the products that we think we should build now that we know are going to get adopted quickly. Uh-huh. And so when we raised the 18 million, we were ready for that. We said, okay. So you'd already learned some lessons, it sounded like, yeah. Yeah, we learned lessons of where we should put our energy. That's good. So that's what we're doing now. Excellent. We're getting close to the end of the hour. I want to thank you for your time. With COVID, are you finding that your sales are exploding? Not exploding. Uh, no, but you've seen some growth because I know that some virtual yeah. sales, you know, things that it sounds like, this could be something that someone sitting in an office could do, you know. It sounds like, you know, because there's no office now, it's... it's. We've not been like Zoom, like this... Uh, right, Slack or something, yeah. Uh, like a solution that all of a sudden everybody is on that. But we've been um, on the positive side of COVID. So the, there's more demand for what we do than there was right. before. We've grown very nicely. And this year should be even better, yeah. So now we're close to 100 people at CD Piper. Oh, good. All in New York? No, uh, all over. Yeah, we fully distributed. So okay. we, I don't even keep count, but uh, we uh, we were in, in 25 countries and 75, ci- 75 cities. 
How do you feel about development? Do you like to have your developers in-house or are you okay? Is there some in-house and some? All in-house. Okay, they're all in-house. and But they're not sitting in an office together. They're sort of... No. No. Nobody's sitting in an office together. We all, right. all distributed. Well, especially now, eh? Yeah, well, so we, we that's how we started. We've yeah. done that. COVID made no change to us from that perspective because everybody was also working. This morning, we had a company meeting and we were kidding that our headquarters right now is in uh, Mexico City because... We have four people there. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, it was in Bratislava, yeah. Slovakia, uh, because we had three people there. Okay, some of the devs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right, exactly. So it's working really well for us. We let our employees live wherever they want. So if you feel like you should be in Miami in winter and New York in summer, that, that's fine with us. Uh, if you want to be in yeah. It's a great model. Yeah, great model. Well, Nicola, thanks so much for your time. Um, My pleasure. If our users, any of our listeners want to get a hold of you. Yeah, so Cosmo Time, I think it's kosmotime.com. Self-service, yeah, that should work. And Chili Piper is a play on the world, so c-h-i-l-i-piper.com. Okay. It's a place to find. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you, Jolie. Thanks so much for your time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software Big Break could be right around the corner. <laughs>